Let's bring in Tuna Amobi, Director and Senior Equity Strategist at CFRA Research. Tuna, I love when you come on. I know you eat, breathe, live all these media stocks and then some as you look at all of this. So the expectations for reopening sports, theme parks, movie theaters. Um, where do you see some strength? If you can name some names, because I know you have buy ratings on certain things. But just on the reopening trade, before we get to the streaming competitors, um, what could be some winners? Good afternoon, uh, Nicole. Uh, Disney definitely is one of the winners that we would identify. It's becoming more and more of a reopening play with the return of live sports and the theme parks gradual reopening. Um, and then you have other names like uh, you know, Fox, Fox Corporation, which should also benefit from its exposure to um, live sports, including the NFL, which just uh, uh, started. Uh, and then you've got uh, companies like, uh, you know, Viacom CBS that has been beating up significantly since the uh, merger, and they've now articulated their uh, streaming strategy uh, to launch internationally. Uh, we know that some areas of the me media business are still uh, navigating the COVID-19 disruption. Um, you know, advertising is one example. Uh, the theaters are still, um, you know, struggling and starting to gradually reopen. Uh, and, and the um, sentiment around the surge in COVID-19 obviously is something uh, to keep in mind. But as I kind of look through the media landscape, um, you know, we think that the entire um, you know, industry had a bottom in Q2. Uh, and uh, looking at the second half, um, expectations are still somewhat tempered. Uh, but we think like the recovery uh, into um, next year at the, at the latest, uh, the second half of next year, subject to the uh, vaccine um, outlook. So investors right now are um, kind of, uh, you know, picking their battles within the media space. Those companies that have portfolios that can absorb uh, the near-term disruption and the volatility uh, with very strong balance sheets as Disney and, and, and some of the other companies I mentioned uh, should be actually among the winners. One of the unique things, Nicole, about this uh, COVID-19 on the media landscape is that some companies actually are using their opportunity to consolidate their market position and tide them over uh, through this pandemic. Uh, the streaming business is also one where we see the war playing out very dramatically and we think that the stay-at-home theme has been of much benefit to the likes of Netflix and Disney and, and others that are really riding these tailwinds. So it's kind of a two-edged sword, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we've been seeing. And you talk about the streaming competition and work from home really has introduced people to streaming. Even those who didn't stream before maybe got on board. We saw that with Netflix. It was very evident when COVID first began. The last few people who didn't have Netflix suddenly jumped on because they had nothing else to do. That being said, which names do you have buys on right now? Because we talk about the winners and losers. Feel free to point out some of the names that you think might struggle but which ones are the buys at this point for you're talking about maybe a recovery next year and the year ahead um, where is the best bets well Netflix is still a buy uh, precisely because we think it's benefited from the stay at home theme where you just touched on Disney is a buy uh, for reasons that I earlier alluded to return of life sports and gradual reopening of theme parks uh, start strong balance sheet uh, and then also Fox Sports is a buy, I'm sorry, Fox Corporation uh, on the leverage to live sports yeah. return yeah. of advertising. And then you've got Viacom CBS, which is also a buy, uh, primarily based on valuation and their 
um, direct-to-consumer strategy that they just uh, articulated mm. to roll out internationally, and a host of other names, but these are some of our top picks right now. I see. Okay, because you mentioned Viacom, CBS, they finally got it together, and now you think they're just sort of pinpointing what they need to do next as they get through. Tell me about um, Comcast. Nelson Peltz recently took a stake in Comcast. We have uh, Roku picking up Peacock. Give me a little bit about that, because he thought Nelson Peltz thinks it's undervalued. What do you guys think? Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, um, Nicole, because Comcast is actually one of the names that we're recommending right now as well for a variety of reasons, other than the fact that their core cable business, the residential broadband, has been really riding this uh, tailwinds of the uh, COVID-19. Uh, but beyond that, in the activist uh, disclosure that we just saw earlier this week, I was a little surprised about that, because when you look at Comcast relative to other media names, um, I would argue that they have actually uh, held up, uh, you know, better than the average uh, large media company, um, in large part because of their uh, broadband business uh, and the fact that they uh, have a very strong management team. So I think what activists is uh, maybe looking to do is to look for a way to potentially argue for the merits of um, breaking up the um, the NBC content business as well as the Sky. Um, the satellite TV European uh, business, uh, perhaps separating that uh, from the core cable business. When you look at pure cable companies like, like Charter, which we're also recommending, I think those names arguably have been uh, better suited as pure plays within this COVID-19 environment. So one might argue that that could serve Comcast well to break up the cable from the content and the satellite television. But I am not so sure, Nicole, that uh, the strategic merits for that at this time um, is, is as compelling as one might uh, argue. Uh, that being said, I think there is some value potentially over the long term that could be unlocked uh, when this COVID-19 dust settles down uh, and NBC can perhaps uh, position itself to um, you know, leverage um, its content much more uh, effectively. But I don't think just the, I don't think the timing is right. It is right for that um, argument right now. I, I, you know, you, you like everything, which I, I don't think is bad. I'm not faulting you for it. I guess this is just the time for this type of business. I mean, you, you mentioned all the ones that you liked so far from Disney to Netflix and Comcast. There's also HBO Max owned by AT&T, Amazon Prime, Google, YouTube. Are, are you hot on those? I got to get to the election ad dollars, too. But just a quick thought on T, Amazon and Google. Uh, well, we like Amazon as well. Um, it's uh, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is their um, cloud infrastructure business. Um, and we're recommending Google as well, which is covered by my colleague. But as far as names that we don't like uh, to touch on that, there is names we think are disproportionately um, you know, exposed to you know, mass gatherings, the COVID-19 you know, lockdown. Think about it, theater companies like AMC, um, which we're neutral on, or even Live Nation. Those are like, uh, we think, uh, more disproportionately affected and could take much longer to uh, recover. The large media names, we think that they, uh, the streaming um, you know, is, is, a, is an area where they're uh, squarely focused on, and we see investors more and more focusing away from the traditional secular trends that are um, have been happening in media onto some of the newer uh, you know, trends, whether it's kind of streaming mm. or um, all that stay-at-home theme. So it's kind of a mixed bag, Nicole, yeah. and every portfolio has to be very, uh, you know, indive independently assessed.
Yeah, you make up a good point. I mean, theaters are just not open, AMC. Live Nation was going to give it a go and try and do some streaming concerts, but that's nothing like filling the big stadiums like Madison Square Garden and many others. It's a very different picture and a different business that they need to learn how to perfect. Last quick thought, ad dollars, billions of dollars to be spent on the election. I know we expect a ton of volatility. Um, how do you think that will factor in for streaming media, all these media companies, the ad dollars? from elections are key, aren't they? They are indeed. I think this year is still on track to be a banner year for uh, political advertising. Um, the um, first half of the year started off a little shaky with the COVID-19 disruption, uh, as a lot of politicians were kind of uh, struggling to get their messages out with the uh, coronavirus pandemic news. But what, we, what we've seen in the turn of the Labor Day weekend, the, the fundraising has accelerated across the board. Uh, we're seeing uh, massive spending out there. Um, you know, candidates at all levels, presidential and, and also the congressional, as well as the local levels and state levels are all pushing their messages. So this year, we think, um, is going to really be a windfall in the second half for a lot of the media names that have exposure of battle ground states, um, those will really uh, bode well for what we expect to be a record political advertising. So think about, um, you know, uh, independent uh, stations like Tegna or Sinclair um, or uh, or Great Television. Yeah. And of course, some of the media, uh, large media names that have television exposure across the board. And we have a debate on Tuesday. I'll be watching. I mean, that's another, this is all coming up now. It's all coming to a head, you know, by November 3rd. I know everybody will be watching on Tuesday night. Tuna, I love when you're on the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Friday and your insight into this group. Have a great weekend streaming, whatever it is you'll be streaming and watching as the pro in the business. Director, Senior Equity Strategist, CFRA Research Tuna Movie.